Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. and comics podcast for those returning listeners welcome back and if this is your first time hello this is a comic review podcast that is meant to be enjoyed as a quick coffee break of sorts where i typically try to cover a comic issue or story in the span of time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee i don't always succeed in being so succinct but it doesn't stop me from trying this time around i will be doing things slightly differently Normally, I give the full plot, but those have all been older stories, relatively speaking. Today's topic is a much more recent book, so I'll try and keep some surprises hidden. So, without further ado, let's hop right into The Only Living Boy, Book 1, Prisoner of the Patchwork Planet. Writer, David Gallagher. Artist, Steve Ellis. Published by Papercuts in 2016. According to the official blurb from the Papercuts website, nominated for three Harvey Awards, the only living boy tells the story of 12-year-old Eric Farrell, who runs away from home only to find himself without his memory, stranded on a patchwork planet with danger lurking around every corner. Every day is a struggle to survive. Eric quickly allies himself with Morgan, a mermaid warrior, and Thea, a teenage princess from a mysterious insect race. He'll need their help to escape the dreaded Dark Lord Balakar and the evil Doctor Once, and maybe, one day, find his way back home. As I said, I normally like to give a full story synopsis, but I'm going to refrain from that. However, let me dive in just a little bit deeper if I can. Our story begins with young Eric one day feeling the sudden urge to run away. No particular reason is given because Eric can't fully remember his old life. I'm not entirely certain if he's escaping a troubled home life or if it's just the destiny of a hero that urges Eric forward. But he bolts into a nearby park. Hiding under an outcropping in order to escape a storm, Eric sleeps next to a discarded teddy bear, but awakes in a new, strange world, the Patchwork Planet. From here we follow Eric through action beat after action beat. He runs from strange creatures, encounters a Myrmidonian warrior, finds himself in a gladiatorial arena, meets the princess of an insectoid race, and manages to find out that he is apparently the only living human. Oh, and this is just in the first half of the book. Things slow down in the second half, but only long enough to do some world building. The plot keeps moving forward, and we are left with a cliffhanger that will determine Eric's future in the Patchwork Planet, and will tell whether he has truly met any friends he can depend upon. Okay, let's take a quick break for a a little promo here. Grab a cereal, pour the milk, and 
Saturday Morning Fever, the new show from the Fire and Water Podcast Network celebrating the classic Saturday morning cartoons. Available on fireandwaterpodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Alright, so what are my thoughts on this book? Well, I can honestly say, in short, I loved it. This is a real page-turner, folks. David Gallagher crafts a beautiful story that will appeal to readers of all ages. The book is written in a way that elementary school kids will be able to read and understand, but not so simple that adults will find themselves bored or feel like they are reading something too childish for them. Amazon lists this book as being appropriate for grades 4 through 7. I would honestly say you could give it to somebody even second grade and on up through ninth or 10th, depending on their tastes. Uh, then again, here I am in my late 30s, and I'm loving this book. Did you ever dream what it would be like if comics legend Jack Kirby wrote and drew designs for a Saturday morning cartoon? And I don't mean an adaptation of Kirby's work. I mean just Kirby Strato creating a Saturday morning cartoon. Well, if you did, this is probably what it turned out like. Eric evokes memories of the DC Comics character Commandy, who was also the last boy on the planet. Similarly, the world is now populated with strange creatures that appear humanoid, but are in no way related to being human. And I do not mean to make it sound like the only living boy is a rip-off or parody of Commandy. At most, it is merely an homage. However, while Commandy took place in a post-apocalypse, Eric's adventures are in a strange world that seems distorted and manipulated by magic as much as science. Steve Ellis provides beautiful art. Much like the story, the art is done in such a way that both kids and adults alike will find things to enjoy. Ellis's children look like children, his women beautiful, and his monsters imposing. And the landscapes and backgrounds, which are more important to this tale than what you might expect, are worthy of being framed. The colors pop beautifully. If I absolutely have to pick things that could be considered bad with this book, I will but I won't like doing it. The story flies by quickly, leaving you hungry for more, but may not be quite enough for those who read a book quickly. They may be left feeling like they didn't get enough story. I promise you, it's there. Similarly, if you can't stand your art to have a cartoonish feel or at times a minor anime influence, you might not enjoy this as much. All in all, this is the first volume of what looks to be an incredible series. The characters are fun, relatable, and might even serve as potential role models for younger audiences. I'm not sure how likely you are to find this in a local comic shop. Uh, personally, my local library has volume 3 of this series, but not volumes 1 or 2. But I know some bookstores and libraries do carry it and it is available online. If your tastes are along the same lines as mine, this is something you, you really shouldn't miss. Alright, that does it for The Only Living Boy. Let's listen to another promo, and I'll be back with Espresso Yourself. Trekker Talk a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. 
We'll be discussing the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci-fi adventure series, as well as having side conversations about other areas of fandom. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back streets of New Gellif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Trekker Talk is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at trekkertalk.com. I'm going to have some coffee. What do you want, some uh, milk or uh, what, milk? Coffee's fine. Yeah, I drink it. I'm hip. I don't know. This is espresso, you know? It's like coffeezilla. I said I'm hip. Okay, and we're back with listener feedback in Espresso Yourself. Last episode, which I'll remind you, it was part of Best Event Ever, covering Eclipso, the Darkness Within crossover, received a lot of Twitter favorites and retweets. And those include Reggie Reggie of the Cosmic Treadmill Podcast, Gregor Rougeau, Treasury Comics of the Treasury Comics Podcast, Joe Crawford of For the Non-Discerning Reader, I'm the Gun, Chris Sheehan of Chris's on Infinite Earth, Professor Frenzy and Chris, both of Bat Books for Beginners, Longbox Crusade, Zach Sally, Sakura Fields, Between the Pages, Guy, the last name is spelled H-E-T-U-E, I cannot pronounce that, I'm sorry. Uh, Martin Gray, Craig 101, Laurel at Mountainflower 1, Michael S. Massey, Siskoid of Siskoid's Blog of Geekery, Fire and Water Network, David C. Otero, Diablo Frank of the Bloodlines Podcast and Diana Prince Wonder Woman, Alan Milliton of the Quartal Bin Podcast, Jennifer DeRoss, Ryan Daly of It's Midnight and Batman Nightcast, Ruth and Darren Sutherland of the Rad Adventures Network, Comics in the Golden Age, Warlord Worlds Podcast, Jeffrey Brown, Ange of the Supergirl blog Comic Box Commentary, Relatively Geeky, Rolled Spine Podcast, and Comics Couplets. Over on Facebook, we got likes and shares from Gene Hendricks, Gregor Rougeau, and for the non-discerning reader. No new iTunes reviews this time around, but we did get some feedback on last episode. On Twitter, Gregor Rougeau brought up an excellent point. He said that this story seems more like it fits better with the Mesner Loeb's era than the Wade era. And Greg also said that maybe the story was written before Wade took over. Good call, Greg. I'm inclined to agree that it might have been written and submitted before Wade let out all his plans for Wally. Also on Twitter, we got a bit of a conversation going. And says that it's a, quote, crazy story. Chunk is ridiculous, but I suppose he serves his purpose. And Laurel Mountainflower agreed on both points, but Greg Arusho misses Chunk as he was a highlight of that particular era. All right, folks, so that seems to bring us to the end of another episode. If you'd like to leave iTunes reviews, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to send feedback, you can email us at coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. And we do have a Facebook page as well. So send that feedback. I'd love to hear from you and see what you think. And check out The Only Living Boy, please. It's not getting nearly enough press. It's really not. So until next time, thanks for coming by. 
and we'll be here at the Coffee and Comics Podcast, where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold.